Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Margie Bartley joining us. Hi, welcome to the show. We made it. <laughs> uh, tell us a little about what you do as a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach, please. You bet. I uh, coach individuals to improve their health and their lives through um, small incremental steps and guide them along that process to reach their own self-set goals uh, that they feel will help them live life the way they want to live it. Oh, you're right there. Yeah. And tell us how we can reach you. You can reach me at uh, IINWELL, so inwell.com. I am a health coach on that health coaching platform. You can find me there. You can also send messages that way, or you can also reach me on Instagram at um, Almonds and Oranges Health. And you can also direct message me through there. I am working on getting a, a website, but I don't have one up and running independently yet. That's okay. Not a problem. I know for today we got some great conversation planned. Uh, also, um, just want to point out, I lost your notes because the inter- the reception went bad. So tell us what's on top of the notes there. I did have them before. <laughs> oh, It'll come right. back. All right. Uh, Today, I was going to discuss goal setting. There it how, is. Yep, yep, yep. And how that could support. Yep. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You bet. Goal setting is important. And it's really a key component uh, to find a place to start and know where you're headed. But sometimes goal setting in and of itself can sabotage the process as well. So it really has to be approached in a really positive way. And that's also where a health coach helping guide you with the process of goal setting can come in to really set you up for success. Way that goal setting can sometimes sabotage is individuals might set goals, more short-term goals, which are important. We want to have short-term goals because they get us started. They start to build our um, confidence, our self-efficacy, and they help us experience some success. And success feeds on itself, meaning that you will, the little bit of success you get makes you want to be more successful. So it, it starts building incrementally that way. But when we have short-term goals, sometimes we get to the end of that short-term goal and go, oh, well, I'm done then. And then we end up going all the way back to where we started. So we have to continue to either build another step or um, put our goals in a, in a more of an incremental way so we have a bigger picture as well as the, the short-term um, or smaller picture that keeps you going as well. So what I mean by that, too, is if somebody says, I want uh, to lose 20 pounds, they set that goal, they work on their steps, they get there, they lose their 20 pounds, they're like, I'm done, I lost the 20 pounds. And they don't have any kind of structure set up to support them post-goal. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we kind of, you know, how many times have we lost weight and gone, oh, I lost that weight, you know, and I've had a lot of people say, I just want to lose weight for that family reunion or class reunion or wedding or whatever the event is. And then once they've lost the weight and attended the event, they go back to the eating habits, the lifestyle that, you know, created the situation where they gained weight in the first place. So those goals are important in the short term because then you do feel successful, but you also have to have that long-term goal. And I really encourage individuals to look at it through a lens of not just the short-term goal, but what do you want and how do you think you're going to live your life in the long term? And that kind of goes back to the functional aging we were talking about too. Um, What do we want to be living like when we're 60, when we're 70? And 
when we've seen people in our own families or, or our own lives in their 60s, 70s, 80s, who struggle with um, mobility or struggle with medications, sometimes that gives us more of a visual that, oh man, I do not want to, you know, um, end up in my 80s not being able to care for myself, not being able to um, go out and do the things I want to do. But nobody gets that way in their 80s without that process having having started earlier on, much earlier on. So we have to start that process because we're aging all the time, every day. We don't get younger every day. We get older every day. And we need to look at that process way back when we're in our 20s, 30s, mm-hmm. 40s. But who in their 20s thinks about what life's going to be like when they're 70 or 80, you know? Uh, we don't start thinking about that mm-hmm. until we're in the 60s. You know? It's so true. Yeah. So it's really important to have that kind of a goal within a goal. And I guess my best visual for that is like the nesting dolls, starting with that smallest goal in the center that helps you to grow out into the bigger goals, the bigger goals until you get to a point of maintenance. Now that, you know, um, as I'm saying this too, I don't want anyone to misinterpret that as, well, we have to keep creating goals that be, that are hard or challenge or all of that. No, because maintenance itself is a goal. So if you are looking at reducing your A1C, if you're diabetic or if you're pre-diabetic and you have high blood glucose numbers um, and your healthcare provider has said, oh, you need to get these under control and get these down and you're motivated because you don't want to be dependent upon um, medication to manage that. And also just a side note is that medication doesn't completely um, manage that. You still have to address any of those chronic conditions through healthy lifestyle. But once you get those numbers down and you go, well, you know, I, I went in to the doctor and he said that my blood glucose levels are down, you know, five points and I'm looking pretty good. He's not concerned anymore, whatever the, he or she is not concerned anymore. Um, and you go back to your old way of eating and exercising. Well, there you go. The next year you go back in for your checkup and your, your A1C or your blood glucose levels are out of control again. So it's really important to think when I reach this immediate goal, so the immediate goal can be the chronic disease management piece of that, or it can be um, it can be the weight loss. It can be, I just wanna do a 5K or 10K or something like that, never done it, thought it'd be great. The next step needs to be management and maintenance and how am I going to continue on that so I don't have to go all the way back down to the start like I did a year ago or, or wherever I'm at now. So I think it's really important that individuals understand that um, the goal setting itself is important, but it's not the only thing that's going to keep you motivated. And I think that's another aspect is a lot of people think that, um, that they, or they rely on the goal itself to keep them motivated and forget that your motivation also has to come from within you. That's, that goes back to that intrinsic motivation I know we've talked about in the past. So you can't rely on willpower to push through to the end of that goal, and you can't expect the goal itself to keep you motivated on that path, especially if you set um, a really strong or challenging goal. And I've seen people do that. They think sometimes, oh, if I set this goal really hard, it's going to push me to get there. It's going to push me to really reach this goal. I've never, I've never run before, but I'm going to train for a marathon kind of a thing. Well, it's hard work to train for a marathon. And you might be only at a point where you're doing maybe a five or a 10 K and you, you you can't fathom doing so much more. And you start to give up because the goal that you set for yourself is very overwhelming. 
So setting a really tough goal is rarely motivational. It be, definitely becomes overwhelming to continue to manage on a path of a goal that you've never attained before. So that's another aspect why how sometimes that can really sabotage us. Yeah. yeah. Sabotage. Ooh, self-sabotage too. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I know, right? Self-sabotage is, is really a huge part of that. And then another aspect is when we start with a goal instead of, so let's go back to the marathon goal. Oh, I thought it'd be so great. It's so hard. It's going to, I'm going to lose so much weight if I train for a marathon. But you start doing it and it's really hard and it takes a lot of commitment. And then you feel like, well, maybe I don't want to run a marathon. <laughs> you know, maybe this isn't for me. And you kind of throw the goal out the window. You just kind of go, I'm done. But what you should really do is go back and revisit the goal and say, okay, maybe the marathon isn't for me, but there are aspects of what I've been doing that I do like. So let me revise that goal and then take the marathon aspect out of it. And maybe I just want to do a 5K or maybe I've discovered that I really like the activity, but running is not for me. I think maybe I'd rather do some cycling. So maybe I'm going to go on a bike or, or you know, something similar. So it's okay to, to take your goal, revise it, and also look for the barriers. So maybe yeah. you are for a marathon and you're like, oh, the marathon is great. I really love this, but... I'm not having the time to do all the training I need for it. Mm -hmm. so you visit it and start to troubleshoot your barriers so you can stay on the path that you want to with those goals. Mm. And by the way, let's remind everyone, Margie, how we can contact you to help us keep on track, please. You bet. You can reach me on Instagram at Almonds and Oranges Help, or you can also reach me at IINWELLINWELL.com. Perfect. And also on social media, can we find you? Yeah, right now I just have the social or the Instagram account. So if you want to DM me on Instagram, that's perfect. I, I do get DMs there and I do respond to those. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, Margie Bartley today, we're talking more about our plans, <laughs> plan A's, plan B's, and of course, um, all that she can help us with our goals and to help prevent the self-sabotage behavior. All right, what next? Uh, we got to keep motivating here. Yeah, well, I love that you just said, too, the plan A and plan B. So that's another aspect. Only because you told me so. <laughs> I knew ahead of time. <laughs> You're a good student. Well, you know, I, I could have just let that go and say, Jill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the credit. <laughs> well, we often feel like we get committed. If I said I'm going to do this goal, i got to stick with this goal. And we try and start bending our life to meet this goal. Again, instead of revising and uh, revisiting. Revisiting and revising the goal according to what we might discover about ourselves throughout the journey. But there's also plan A and plan B. So if you want to train for a marathon or you just want to start gaining a little more flexibility so you start going to yoga classes, but something occurs and it's kind of interrupting your training, interrupting the flow of what you've been doing with that uh, goal, have plan B in your back pocket. If, yep. if this happens, I'm going to do this instead because not not always do, does life work out well. So maybe we planned on doing um, a really great hour and a half long yoga class uh, right after work, but something came up and I got stuck at work even longer. And so I can't miss the, make the yoga class. And then we miss it the next day. And then we miss it the next day. And then we go, well, I guess I'm done. Well, instead of doing you know, throwing it out the window, what's plan B? What's a plan B if a barrier comes up? Can I have plan A and plan B? Well, I was going to go to yoga, but I can't get there now. So I guess 
maybe I'll do one online or I'll just go home and do even 10 minutes, 15 minutes of my own stretching uh, will help me stay on track. And it does make you feel successful because we can acknowledge for ourselves when we haven't thrown out the window and given it up. You know, I didn't make it to that um, 90 minute yoga class. I went home and did it. I still feel successful because I was resourceful for myself. So give yourself credit and allow yourself to have that plan B so you can continue to build on that success as well. I think that's also part of goal setting that people don't give themselves credit for is that even if we get a little interrupted or kind of a little sidetracked, we forget that we've already been successful up to a certain point. Yeah. And so looking at it and going, okay, so maybe this interrupted, but I've been doing so well for the last five weeks. One bad week does not mean that the last five weeks didn't matter. So give ourselves credit and pat yourself on the back and say, well, I'm just going to get right back on track, pick up with the goal where I left off and not let one bad week or bad couple of days or whatever it might be stop me from continuing on. So I think that's really important. That's a part of that self-sabotage too, how we end up not sticking to goals is when we don't give ourselves credit for the hard work that we do. Got to give credit where credit's due, but we do lack that sometimes. Our... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that pat on the back. I sometimes don't do that myself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, you know, the goal is meant to help motivation, help you be feel motivated and to motivate you. But they sometimes, again, they, they do a little bit of the opposite. So there, are, there have been individuals I've worked with that feel like they don't want to set goals, you know, because in that big picture of having something kind of hanging out there in front of you, it can feel worrisome or anxiety producing. Like, because then we still always have that self-doubt. Well, what if I don't make it to that goal? What if I said I'm going to do that goal and then I don't do it? Well, there's no goal police. There's nobody out there saying you didn't do this. It's up to you. But that is also an opportunity. If you're not a goal-centered person and you don't want to put a time frame on something, it's still important to, to know your direction and know what you are hoping to achieve. Because if you just say, well, I want to improve my life or be healthier, that's so vague. What does that mean? What does that even mean to you? How will you know when you start to feel better? You don't necessarily have to have a goal, but again, that direction can help. So if you want to say, well, I am not feeling great. I feel very sluggish or I've been really stressed. I'm doing some emotional eating. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't really want to focus on weight loss. And, and this is true for so many people. And I agree 100%. The weight loss piece, feeling like you have to weigh yourself, step on a scale can also just, um, that, that really is sabotages mindset as well. So you can say, you know, we don't need to step on scales, honestly, to know if we're losing weight. We also don't need uh, external um, devices to tell us how we're feeling about the process itself. So if you're not a goal-centered person, don't set a goal, but have a direction. And those are two two different things. So I can have a direction saying, well, maybe I am too stressed out and not sleeping well. What I really need at this time and in this moment is to manage my stress and to start sleeping better. And those are excellent goals. So you don't have to say, well, I know I'm going to meet my goal when I sleep soundly for eight hours, you can simply say, I'll start feeling more stressed, or I'm sorry, more rested, <laughs> and then I will feel less stressed. And that's a great way to say, okay, well, let's just outline a couple of steps. Again, it doesn't have to be goal, you know, driven. It can just be saying, well, let's, let's start with step number one. When you're feeling really stressed, 
in the moment and you want to do some emotional eating, what are some alternatives instead of emotional eating and start developing strategies that way. And then that helps point you in the direction without having to feel like you have this overwhelming goal or a needle pointing that says you have to hit this point. And that can really also feel like a relief to individuals to feel like, good, I don't have to actually meet this this goal, but I know what I'm doing and I'm moving forward with this. And by the way, to you mentioned emotional eating, right? What is yeah. what is a trick or tip? I'm my trick or tip is this water. When mm-hmm. I'm craving something that I probably shouldn't eat more of, like of course it's Fourth of July, I binged a little. I think we all did, but I'm trying yeah. to fill my stomach up with water so I don't go back to eating the leftovers in my fridge. That's exactly a, a great idea. Filling up with water. People don't give water enough credit for what it can do for your health. And it can. It can make your, your stomach feel uh, more full. When somebody is feeling um, like driven to eat emotionally, uh, there are a couple of tools that I uh, ask them to, to review. Some people um, respond a little bit better to feeling like maybe going outside for a walk. Some people say because... Uh, it, we do have data that shows that walking in nature, taking a break away from the stressful event mm-hmm. or sort of triggers, um, de-stresses and helps you to feel better. So for some people, that's good. But, you know, what if a walk isn't an option? Bad weather, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then sometimes um, doing some breathing exercises can help. If you still feel like it's, um, some people feel it's more of an oral thing, like I have to taste something. So in that case, like you're saying, water, or even, um, I, I always recommend um, herbal flavored teas. You mm-hmm. can do them hot, you can do them cold, because it gives you a flavor. It's not going to add calories. It doesn't add caffeine, um, but it, it can start to, to satisfy you. And at the same time, it's going to hydrate you. Um, or things like the, the deep breathing taking time out, doing a one, two, three, four count um, with breathing. Um, truly, just like sometimes we do with, with children when they're overwhelmed and having meltdowns and we say, you need to have a time out. Uh, a time out is really, shouldn't necessarily be seen as punitive, even uh, for children. Mm-hmm. It's a moment where you get to gather yourself. So give yourself a time out. Walk away, close yourself in an office, a bedroom or wherever you're at and say, I just need five or 10 minutes to myself. Sometimes um, some people respond well to listening to music, uh, finding some other kind of distraction that takes them away from focusing, number one, on the stress stressful event, and number two, on wanting to eat food. So that's really the, the best way to look at it is what other kind of distraction can I create for myself that will take me away from feeling overwhelmed with the stress and away from wanting to grab the food. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. All right. Still got a few minutes left. What else, Margie? Ah, let's see. Ah. Uh, don't let your barrier, here's something I don't want to forget to mention. Don't let your barriers sit out there unaddressed and grow because when we have a barrier to getting where we want to go, if we don't address it right away, it just grows and grows and creates uh, more of an obstacle, becomes bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And becomes more overwhelming it feels to deal with that. I would also say one of the the barriers I've heard from a number of people is uh, a lack of support system. Sometimes feeling that um, they don't get support for making the healthful changes they need at home. And for some it's conversely, excuse me, in the workplace. So you're trying to be healthy, you go to work, there's constantly birthdays or people are always bringing in bagels and donuts and things like that. 
So you really need to find who and where um, you can get a support system and create and build your own support system. And you know, if you're making changes and you've got uh, people in your lives that aren't necessarily supportive, you don't really need to tell them you're making those changes, that you're striving towards making those changes, especially if you feel they're gonna just give you negativity or they're going to sabotage you in different ways. And sometimes people do that through those comments, making you feel bad. On the one hand, somebody else, you say, well, I'm trying to lose weight, but then one day you cave and have a donut and they're like, well, I thought you were losing weight, right? You yeah. donut. That doesn't help. That's not a support person, right? And the other might be somebody saying, uh, somebody in your life who also may need to lose weight and they would feel threatened if they knew you were doing it. So you're trying not to do it. And then when you don't eat the donut and they're eating donuts and they say, mm -hmm. well, what are you too good to eat the donut? What's the matter with you? you know, so it, it can it can really be a, uh, a very difficult thing to move forward with the change you want to make when you don't feel supported. So I really would strongly encourage people to find support people, find the guides you need in your life. And if you feel like you don't have any in your life, reach out to a health coach because you can start there and they will help you from there. Oh, thank you so much. If we want to reach out to you, remind us how we do. So please. Instagram, almonds and oranges help, or you can also reach me at inwell.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And uh, hoping we'll um, connect again next week on time. No confusion. Sorry. And vice versa. Uh, so we have some more time next week. Any idea what we're going to discuss next week? Yes. Next week, I want to um, talk about what is health coaching? What is the health coaching process? What If you want to reach out to a health coach, what should you expect? What's the process? Um, what what should you expect? What should you prepare for? How should you prepare for that? And what should you expect in return from a health coach? Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Looking forward to speaking with you again. We will soon, obviously. Thank you so much, right. sweetheart. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.